0: I'm a goat. I'm a goat. I'm a goat.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, podcast family! Welcome to a new episode of the Conscious Kitchen Podcast. Did you catch our latest episode with the revolutionary women? Em and Linda share how you could reconnect with your sacred cycle and womb wisdom, how it can help you live, love, and lead your life with ease, flow, and integrity. Please do not miss out on that one. This month has been a whirlwind. The overall state of our society had many ups and downs. Our hope with each podcast episode is to make you align with your daily schedule and get a new routine with us. Tune in and we'll give you a dose of inspiration with all the chaos going around with us. Podcasting allows our guests to a platform to give out their insight, which is meant to be listened to and shared with friends and family as inspo. Your word of mouth reviews and likes on social media has really meant everything to us. We want to express our gratitude to you for listening to every word on our podcast. And we just can't wait for season four. Speaking of words... Our very special guest today is Los Angeles' own Liz Hernandez. Liz is like the key to the city, former Hollywood entertainment sweetheart, and a significant role model to young women in the industry. We're thrilled to have her here with us today. Not only is Liz an Emmy nominated television personality and journalist, but she's also now in the realm of wellness, mindfulness, and the power of communication. She's created a community through her platform, Wordiful. Let me repeat that again, it's Wordiful, a new way of storytelling that encourages us to connect with the power of words. As Liz would say, our thoughts and our words from yesterday are what make up our lives today. Please welcome the saucy, sweet, and powerful Liz Hernandez to the show.
2: Oh, thank you for that nice introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. I you I, I so appreciate you guys having me.
1: Yes, oh, awesome. so we have two Liz's today, Elizabeth and Liz
3: Hernandez. So uh, if you get confused, just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we're so excited to chat with you too, because I've i been following your story and your journey for such a long time, but some of our listeners might not be familiar with it. So I would just love for you to just give us a little rundown on your journey in the LA entertainment industry, a, a quick recap of how you got started, and yeah.
2: Yeah. Ooh, that's long, uh, because we're talking 20 (laughs) years now. But I'll give you the, I'll give you it, I'll give you it hopefully in a, in a nutshell. Uh, I got my big break when I started working. Well, you know, I started as an intern in, in college when I worked in radio. Uh, I jumped to Northern California, which sorry, which started in San Diego, jumped to Northern California for about five months, and then got the call to audition at Power 106, Los Angeles uh, for Big Boys Neighborhood. I Woo-hoo! got the audition. I was hired. I spent cool. 10 and a half years as Amazing. the co-host. Host of a number one syndicated morning show and after I felt I had learned enough and there was no more room for me to really grow in the way that I wanted to. Uh, I just decided to take the leap to television. I had been doing a little bit of TV here and there. I worked for MTV when I was at Power 106. Uh, but then I completely took the leap to go to E! News. And then I was there at E! News for two years. And then from there, I went to Access Hollywood, where I stayed for around five years.
1: Powerful, powerful uh voice in the industry so much. So amazing to even grow up with listening to you. So always been just so lighthearted and straight to the point. It's been really awesome to to grow up with you. So thanks.
2: Yeah, thank you. It's always so crazy beautiful to me when I hear people talk about my time on radio because I understand it in the same way when I talk to an LNK mm-hmm. and to even like put myself in that same category is like dumbfounding to me. Like I'm just so humbled because yes. she was my person that I listened to growing up for so long. And uh, so when people say I grew up listening to you, it's still like,
1: like what? That's so, so crazy. Cool. Yeah. yeah, It's so crazy, weird, but beautiful. So I mm-hmm. always appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure after uh, the span, your kind of your brain kind of blocks out things, like kind of forgets too. I don't know if you've had that with your your maybe your career after 10 years.
2: Well, I think it's one of those things where, and I don't know if this is—I don't want to say especially for women, but maybe it's just in general for humans—is sometimes we forget to acknowledge our accomplishments because I was so busy working for those ten and a half years of really mm-hmm. sacrificing my body, getting up at like three, four in the morning. Yeah. Um, you know, it was even though it was so fun and exciting. It was a, It was still my job. Yeah. And so you're just following the trajectory of your career. It's like you go from radio, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I need to figure out what's next. And then it's television. And then you celebrate it for like a millisecond. And then it's like, okay, what's next? And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not till you meet other people do you take an opportunity to look back on everything you've accomplished. And I think that is something that we all forget to do sometimes. We're always striving for the next thing. And so much of the time we forget to say, wow, look at what I've, look at what I've accomplished.
3: Yes, yes, definitely. So is that something that you do often that you just try to tap into yourself and say, all right, what have I accomplished like in the last year or just look back <laughs> at that in, in, in a closer way?
1: No,
2: quite the opposite. Yeah, uh, I, I have, I definitely have the genes for a workaholic. And so, uh, you know, I come from, my family had a had a hustler's mentality. So I was, I've adopted that. And so much of the time it's, people that care about me that are like, yo, slow down, look at everything you've accomplished during a pandemic. Yeah. During- mm-hmm.
0: And yes. I'm just
2: sitting here thinking like, it's not enough. I haven't done enough. And it's not because of this negative pressure I put on myself. It's mm-hmm. just that my mind is always buzzing and I'm a super creative person. Mm-hmm. And I want to feel like I got everything out of my soul that has potential.
3: Amazing. Amazing. That's, but, that's amazing. What's what's your sign? When, what's your sign, by the way? Too? I'm a fi- I'm a fire sign. I'm an Aries. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: That's special. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Hollywood grind is nonstop. That's that is that is definitely something. So I can't imagine what this year put on like that kind of culture with the whole 2020 pandemic. Like, kind of you know, sitting back, kind of ref- taking time to reflect too. Did you have some reflection for 2020?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think I did some of my biggest healing in 2020 for me, although the state of the world was in crisis, like it was also a beautiful time of growth and expansion and being able for us to heal as a nation. And for myself, uh, I lost my mother last November, November of 2019. So we went into pandemic. What February March of 2020? Wow. So yes. to actually have that quiet time given to me unapologetically, where I didn't feel like I had to report into anybody mm-hmm. or be anywhere, um, was extremely healing. And it was really what I didn't even know I needed mm-hmm. because, like I said, I'm a busy bee, and for me to get still is is sometimes a little difficult. Um, even though I put that into my practices, I gratitude journal and I meditate, but. I'm usually zipping around Los Angeles yeah. <laughs> if we were in a pandemic. So to not have to feel like I needed to show up for a, a, a meeting or a coffee date or whatever, you name it, uh, it, it was really a blessing for me to be able to just get quiet and to really look at all the different uh, spectrum of emotions that I had to go through.
3: hmm yeah, that was definitely something that 2020 brought to to so many people, right? It just that push to slow down, to stop A what's rest. happening in your life and what's happening and just that that much needed rest. I think that we all really needed
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it kind of begs the question, like if you weren't healing in 2020, what were you doing? Yeah. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it, yeah, it really it, it really inquired us to do some introspection, to do some house cleaning, to mm-hmm. ask ourselves what's essential, what's valuable? What do I care about? Who cares about me? Who's there to support me? Um uh, yeah, so as as difficult as it continues to be, I also think that it's been a really beautiful time for us to do some
1: uncomfortable growing and healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the global rest.
2: Yes. Wow. And
1: we're still part of it, right? So I don't know. They said that it's like a unraveling that's been going to be happening for the next few years. And I'm excited to see it unravel more of truth and, uh, you know, authenticity. So I'm excited <laughs> for the human race. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely.
2: I mean, everything has its threshold, even Mother Nature. And, you know, it, it's like what people were saying in the beginning of this pandemic. It's like she sent us all to our rooms to think about mm-hmm. what we were doing to this planet and to each other. Yes.
3: yes. yes. yeah, that's some truth. Yeah, I love that. It, that is some super truth. I love seeing all like I remember that was that was a big meme that was really circulating everywhere. And I think it was a, a good reset for people to really think about that, that aspect of reset. hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we have a question here. So you're from originally from the Inland Empire, and you did kind of touch on this a little bit. You're a busy bee, but you're also. (laughs) Do you think like your your background helped fuel your drive to make it in Hollywood? You're Mexican. You're 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 Latina. You know, it's I think we always have to like work really hard as as women of color to really accomplish things.
2: I was really fortunate that I was brought into this world by two parents who really were loving and nurturing, and they were a balance. They really balanced and complemented each other. My dad uh, my dad loves the United States more than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he came to this country when he was around 12, 13 years old, and because there wasn't a lot of opportunity uh, in Guadalajara, Mexico for him at the time, when he came mm-hmm. here, he saw all the opportunity, and for that, he'll always be grateful because he was able to provide for his family. So once he had that understanding, he told me like there isn't anything you can't do or be or strive for because I've already laid the groundwork. I've come here and I've 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 been able to make ends meet where I can give you girls an education. I have three other sisters and he was just so mindful about nothing comes easy. You have to work for it, but you have all the tools. So there should be nothing that stands in your way. My mother, on the other hand, was a little bit more light-handed when it came to being so ambitious. She was more about self-care and self-love and making sure that, you know, I knew I was loved. I knew that she built my inner confidence, um, and to me, that was probably one of the most vital things you can give a child is making them feel like they're enough, they're worthy, they're loved, um, that when they walk in the room, you feel seen. So I think a combination of those two things is, mm-hmm. is what we all need to succeed as human beings in this world, because you go out into the real world and uh, it's not going to give you that same love and nourishment that I got from my parents. It's actually Mm going to give you the opposite. So you need that background reinforcement of hearing your parents in your head saying, remember what I told you, you can be anything, you can do anything, you're loved, you are enough. And I used that uh, throughout my entire career until this day. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, supportive parents make such a difference and it's that's why it's so important for all of us to be you know supportive parents and be giving those types of tools to our kids but that is so special to have so that type special. of support from both yeah. of them. Yeah, and
2: to and to give that to our friends, to give that to ourselves. I mean really what that was was my parents planting the seeds again, the power of words. Mm-hmm. They planted the seeds what be, then became my affirmations. It's, you know, we don't, we come into this world not really knowing our place and it's our peers and our siblings and our parents and our friends who teach us what's right, what's wrong, what to believe, what not to believe. And... You know, it's beautiful when you see a lot of people outgrowing the circumstances of their environment when they didn't have parents that were loving with mm-hmm. their words, you know, you see a lot of people overcome that because they want to choose something better for themselves. But it's it's hard. It's definitely not easy and I've come across a lot of people, especially in the entertainment industry, that they want to tell you, you aren't enough. You aren't good enough. You need to be this, this, and this in order to succeed. And uh, luckily, I've always stuck to my guns. And that has always seemed to be, actually be the key to my success was staying true to myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the importance of sticking to your guns, like um, going back to when you started for working for MTV, they said that you wanted to move to New York, but you said no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I
2: I auditioned for MTV and they hired me, but they're like, all right, well, pack your bags, you're going to go to New York. And I was like, wait a minute. I just was, I mean, I think I was at power maybe three, four years by this time and Uh really found my footing. Like people were starting to you know, becoming a household name in Los Angeles is yeah. a big deal. Yeah, and yeah, to just give all that up, and my family, and my friends, to move somewhere where I knew nobody, just
3: didn't seem
2: the way to go. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. And New York is such a different city. You know, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely a Cali girl. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah.
2: And in your yeah. yeah, you know, I was in my early twenties. Like that seems so scary. So to to be given an opportunity you know when they called me back 2 weeks later and said all right well we're going to make you the first LA correspondent and so cool. you'll tra- you'll get to travel back and forth from LA to New York that was really a dream come true because i, I got to that. experience the TRL and the direct effect and the yeah. awards. And at the same time, I get to stay in L.A. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and that's, and that's where I became familiar with you because I'm originally from New Jersey and I was like interning in, in New York at MTV around the time too, around like 2008 or something like that. And then that's how I became familiar with you. And, and that's just so exciting that that you were able to manage like just get that offer for them to be like you know come to L, come to New York you're like no you give them a few weeks right that is that you give them like a few weeks and then they came back and were like i was working with
2: this woman her name was Wendy McSwain she was amazing she was in charge of casting at the time and like i said i auditioned and i got the call and it was so exciting they're like you're hired and then it was so cool. okay but you got to move to New York and I was devastated because it's it's like someone holding, you know, the golden ticket to the Willy Wonka factory, <laughs> but you're allergic to chocolate. I don't know. It's <laughs> oh, just goodness. like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, and so to stick to my guns, again, going, going back to why it's so important to trust yourself, I just said, I, I can't, like, I could go for the notoriety of being on television and mm-hmm. it might be really fun and exciting. Or I could stay where, and I wasn't staying because I was comfortable, I was staying because I loved radio and I was on the biggest morning show outside of New York. I was, we were like the number one radio station at the time and my family was here and my friends were here. So to be given an opportunity where you can have all of that on a golden platter is very rare as well. And I knew that. So for me, it meant more to be near the people I love than to just be on television five days a week. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, and luckily they they called back. Two weeks later, Mm -hmm. Wendy called me back and she said, look, we're willing to work something out here. And it was great because at the time, MTV needed a correspondent to attend all the award shows that happened in Los Angeles. So I was able to do that. I was also able to fly to New York, which was one of the best times of my life. I mean, I really felt like... I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a dream come true. You know, you're getting flown and MTV really took care of me at the time and you're so getting amazing. put up in the nice hotels and they're giving you wardrobe and then you're yeah. getting your hair made. I mean, this was my first time really experiencing that. Yeah. and. You're walking out stage out on stage for live television and then like Jessica Simpson comes out and you're like this. I mean, I've been used to, you know, celebrity guests because of radio, but mm-hmm. it's a little different when you're going live and there's like all these screaming kids outside the window, like that TRL experience. Mm-hmm. Like who didn't want to yeah. have that TRL experience? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so true. Yeah. So I, it was just a dream. It was really a dream come true.
3: What's is there is there other another moment that maybe people don't know about that you stuck to your guns and it just worked out as beautifully as this moment did?
2: I would say my transition from Access Hollywood to Wordiful. It was really trusting myself of saying, okay, do I want to continue to ride the wave of entertainment news? Which the experience was great and it was lovely, but I felt super out of alignment. It mm-hmm. wasn't serving. I wasn't feeling fulfilled hmm. and just trusting that if I put all my eggs in one basket, I was basically betting on myself mm-hmm. and the company that I believed in. And I think it's worked out pretty great.
1: No <laughs> yeah. girl. You got to yes, take some risks. Yeah. You have to take risks, you know, and it's okay to yeah. fail. It's okay to fail and try again. And, you know, but with consistent consistency and work, I mean, you can get, you can get what you need to get, you know?
2: Yeah. And I believe there's no such thing as failure. I believe it's all feedback for what Mm -hmm. you can do better the next time. Yeah. You know, had things not worked out, I would have figured out a way to reinvent myself again. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just what we do every single day. You know, every day that we say we're going to start that diet on Monday, we figure out a new way to to get up and do it again in things that serve us.
3: Yes. Yes. You have such a beautiful way of looking at life and just experiences in general.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. It's yeah. a lot of work. It's it's work. You know, that's the one thing I try to reiterate a lot of the times is how much work I actually put into keeping my mind healthy. It's the same way, like when you talk to a fitness, you know, someone who's really into fitness, the fitness experts, or someone who's really into nutrition, um, they encourage you and they really highlight the importance of those. To um, different elements. And the most important element to me is the brain. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to train it because, as you know, we can go unconscious a lot of the times and we're working on autopilot. And then all of a sudden, we're like, God, why do I feel so sad? Because we're not aware that we've been thinking negative thoughts for the past, like, you know, however long. And then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden, you're in an emotion that doesn't feel comfortable. And so for me, it's being mindful of the first thing when I wake up is being thankful of giving gratitude. And I'm not saying I'm never going to have my sad days. Of course I am. But it's being able to bounce back that much faster and know how to pull myself out because of the way I constantly work at being um, mindful of the way I think.
1: Got to put in that spiritual work, girl. Got Everyone got to put in that work. Come on. That's, that's, yeah, and, that's, and it, that's I, I wouldn't even say.
2: Yeah, and I wouldn't even say it's spiritual. I would say it's it's part of the human experience of just. I mean, th- if you really think about the brain, and uh, you know, what we're we're constantly ingesting information, we're constantly having self-talk with ourselves, mm-hmm. and if we're not even aware of what that sounds like or how that's mm-hmm. affecting us, that's basically how, what becomes the projection of our lives, what I'm thinking becomes what I'm doing and what I'm doing becomes what I'm being. And if we don't become aware of that, the role that our thoughts play, then basically our life, we're saying that our life isn't, we're calling it fate. We're just Mm -hmm. saying like, oh, this was what was supposed to happen to me as opposed to being Mm -hmm. in control of your destiny.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes. And do, with that thinking, do you still believe in fate?
2: Um, I believe in like synchronicities, you know, it's, it's interesting. I I think that's a big like word to to chew off and kind of like dissect and, and, uh, to say yes or no, but I've had so many things happen. Here's what I believe. (laughs) I'll give you the, the, the really short answer. I believe we're exactly where we are meant to be and we do create our realities. Um, there's a lot of beautiful synchronicities that have happened to me in my life, whether I created that through the the energy that I am and I have attracted those good things or those really awesome experiences back to me. Um, fate just seems so final. I don't know. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like it, was it fate that we met? Yes, because I do believe you're supposed to meet exactly who you're supposed to meet for your growth, for your lessons in life. So it's hard to say. Because It's like yes mm-hmm. and no, <laughs> yes
3: and no, yeah. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> that it's, sense, it's, sure.
2: it's, it's like I'm, I'm learning so much. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza, and oh. he talks a lot about isn't he amazing? I'm like, I geek out on the guy, I'm doing 40 minute things-
1: meditations every day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Watching this show called Rewire in Your Brain. Rewired yeah. is what it's called. But, you know, it, it's like fate would be saying, well, my mother had Alzheimer's, so for sure I'm going to have Alzheimer's. If I think mm-hmm. that way and I behave that way, I'm creating my fate,
1: yeah. so to mm-hmm.
2: speak. But if I don't believe that that's my destiny or my fate, I can create a lifestyle that protects me from that. That's what I believe.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, that makes sense. Sorry, I'm kind of yeah. all over the board when you no, talked about fate. It, no. I think it's still
2: something I struggle with. To like, do I? Do I not? Do I, you know, yeah. and, what, and what's the difference between fate and destiny? But <laughs> right, I, yeah. I guess overall what I'm trying to say is that we are we are more in control than we think.
1: Mm-hmm. Truly yeah, no
3: honest. Pun
2: intended. Yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> yes, we, yes, we create the reality we, we envision to see. So this episode is brought
3: to you by BetterHelp. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. Liz here. Let's talk mental health really quick. Who do you talk to to help you navigate life's crazy unexpected turns? I had always been an advocate for therapy, but in my 30 years of living, I had never sat down with a therapist myself. That's until a friend recommended BetterHelp. I was curious how a virtual session would work. I've never been a big fan of talking about myself, but my therapist made me feel so comfortable that it was easy to open up my thoughts for discussion and dissection. Therapy has already given me the inspiration to create better plans for myself and my self care. And I'm thankful for the goal setting and accountability my therapist is helping me have. If you've been curious like me, why not try a virtual session? It doesn't require any driving, any makeup, just a commitment to yourself. And we have a special offer for our listeners to get ten percent off the first month of BetterHelp. We'll include a link in the description of this episode, and with our exclusive link, you'll get ten percent deducted off the package you choose. Take advantage of this great deal and visit betterhelpcom Podcast. That's Better H-E-L-P. Dot com slash Conscious Kitchen podcast join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Now, back to the episode. You know, speaking of everything that you've been through with the industry and everything,
1: I, I mean, I'd love to hear like some of the hardest lessons you've learned. Like, just honestly and very raw. Like, you know, for, for other people just to learn, you know, through your, through your journey.
2: Ah, uh, gosh. You know, er... Yes, I said gosh. <laughs> Again, I think it's so important. I think if anyone is is getting into the industry, you have to know who you are and you have to be really grounded in who you are. I remember when I first started in radio, my boss said to me, can you sound more Latina? Oh my and gosh. while that was extremely insulting and I was, yeah, it just... I don't know if you call it racist or rude or what I, I don't even know what you categorize that as but mm-hmm. I just thought to myself how is a Latina supposed to sound am I not supposed to speak as good of English as you or am I supposed to have an accent like what box are you trying to put me in and if I was going into this industry insecure and not confident and sure of who I was mm-hmm. I would have become insecure I would have said mm-hmm. the way I talk. Something's wrong with the way I talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to look for validation from my boss now. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. How do you want me to sound? Let me try and 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 you know make myself into what you what makes you comfortable. And that for me was a huge lesson in the very beginning mm-hmm. because yeah. I thought, oh my god, if if, the, if this is where it's starting, uh, I can only imagine where it goes from here.
3: Yeah, that was was your first boss that said that.
2: And uh, one of my first bosses. And uh, what I learned from that was how important it was for me to talk to other women in the industry, other women that supported me to be a soundboard to say, this isn't okay, right? Because, you know, you're kind of like, wait, what just happened? And let me talk to somebody about it. Um, So I can make sense of it. And it's good to talk to people that are grounded and centered too, because you want good feedback from people Mm -hmm. that love you and support you because they're going to say, no, that is wrong. Know that you are enough. No, you know, and of course my mother was my soundboard. And it was just reaffirming that, okay, no, this isn't the right messaging. Um, And, you know, that happened a lot in television too. Someone will tell you like, oh, you know, this dress looks unflattering on you or you need to wear blue eyeshadow or, and you can internalize all of that. You could, you know, if someone isn't secure with themselves, they could say, oh, this is about me. But no, it's it's any host that would have sat in that chair, they're going to they're going to pick apart. So yeah. you have to know that it has nothing to do with you. That it's just you're a byproduct of what they're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And anybody that comes along, they're going to try to fit you into the mold of what they think is the perfect radio host or the perfect TV host. And that's why I used to tell other women that were trying to become a host uh, on any show is We become so fascinated with the people that have made it before us Mm -hmm. that we think, oh, this is how a radio host should sound. This is how a TV person should sound. This is how a podcaster should sound. And if anything, you're just blending in with all the noise, Exactly. If you're yourself, you're going to completely stand out because you don't Mm -hmm. sound like everybody else. Mm Because, you know, I could have easily gone on the radio and be like, hey, it's Liz, and good morning, Los (laughs) Angeles, and we're here, and I'm going to give you the weather, and it's 82 degrees outside. It's like I go into this broadcaster voice. And that's not what's going to cut through because that's not – people know that's not authentically you. And that to me was, I think, the lesson I had to really – Um, fight against because it's hard it's hard not to be around other people that sound a certain way and you're thinking like oh if I want to succeed I have to sound this way and I have to stand this way and I have to make my body move this way or you know I have to be this thin or I have to have lighter hair or whatever that is that people think in their minds Um, just know that it's false and it's just a story and an illusion that we all create
3: so, Such an yes, amazing I think perspective. That's, yeah. that's
2: been my biggest lesson. And even now, I still have to strip away all that training <laughs> to become my authentic self when I sit down to film episodes for Wordiful.
3: Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious. So you were young at that point because you're young in your career. And it is so easy, especially when like when in your early 20s or just in that youth to really have that perspective of I am enough. How did you approach your boss that said that? Or what did you say? Like, what was your, well, I'm not going to sound like that type of response?
2: I just listened. I mean, sometimes mm. silence is, is the reply. Mm, and I just okay. took in the information and I don't know. I, kn- I think I had confidence in knowing that my experience as a co-host was going to be enough my personality was gonna be enough. And if they wanted me to get on LA radio to reflect how they thought LA sounded, Mm -hmm. that to me was a stereotype. And so I wanted to break that stereotype as well. Because again, like what, what was the thought? I almost wish I could go back to that moment and ask like, do you expect me to have an accent, to speak broken English, to speak slang? Do you not think like Latinas are allowed to be educated? Like, what is it? Is it yeah. because I'm from Riverside and I sound valley? Like, that's where I was born and raised. But look at my skin. It's still brown. Like, I'm. it doesn't make me any less Mexican because how I sound isn't appeasing to you. And I think sometimes, you know, this is a big problem with a lot of the way the world is today is we expect people to look or sound or dress or behave a certain way for our comfortability. And if it doesn't, we hold up a prejudice against them or we hold up a stereotype against them. And, um, yeah, so it's been a big Mm -hmm. learning lesson for me as well, because I try Mm -hmm. not to do that to other people, what has been done onto me. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was that was probably one of the biggest. But don't get me wrong, like I may have been strong in the workplace and other places, but not I mean or in certain situations, but I wasn't always there was big growing gaps. Like my first couple contracts in radio were it's embarrassing now for what I know now and what I was paid. I'm like, "Man, it's embarrassing, not only for me, but for the people that were paying me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. as yeah. a woman, as a Latina, like I wish I knew more then. Um, and so those were big growing curves. That was a big growing curve for me, too, to just see how much I was being taken advantage of. And how I should have uh, trusted myself more to send in someone, whether it's an attorney, whether it's an agent, to go in and fight for what would have been right. And when they said, well, you know, we could just replace you, then just say, okay, then replace me. Because mm. there is value to what we do. Yep. And I could have gone somewhere else and brought that value there. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a great takeaway that you mentioned, you know, like, you know, if you if you feel maybe uh, you don't have enough knowledge for, you know, possibly talking about price for like your worth or your, you know, your pay, like bring someone that's a specialist that can help you, right? Like an attorney. Right. Or-, or,
2: or not only that, but be willing to, and I know it can be super uncomfortable, but talk to other women in your industry. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important to have mentors, you yes. know, find another colleague who maybe works in the same industry you do. And if you trust each other, have that conversation about transparency and what salary looks like yep
3: yeah
2: for the same type of career Mm
3: -hmm. yeah yeah that's such a good point it's it's really difficult as a woman to to hold your ground when it comes to knowing what knowing your worth like in salary and things like that because people say sometimes bosses say like the wrong things like I once had like the CEO like I pushed back and I was like this is I'm not worth that like I'm worth more and I kind of pushed back and I did it in a very professional way but he was so callous about it and he was just like well have you ever been paid that and I I kind of froze. I didn't know what to say. And I just looked at him. I was like, Oh my goodness, like I was not expecting that. So it's it's having, I guess, like you said, like that confidence, like that 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 real know your worth value mm-hmm. that yeah. really pushes you to just get past those moments
2: you really and it's important it's important that you know what your skill sets are what your talents are what what you bring to the table because you can't just be going in there and being like hey I want this big salary and yeah I don't I'm not really I show up late and I but I right. was I I right. mean you ask anybody who was in that you know in the buildings I've worked in in corporate America and they will all tell you I was above and beyond a diligent worker that showed up when I didn't
1: need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go girl. Yeah, always, always over deliver in any any career. You know, gotta be a valuable asset. Absolutely. So, yeah, sure. so, so, tell us and also about your pivoting point, like from your career from Hollywood to Wordiful. Like, how long? Tell us about Wordiful. I mean, we want to know all about it. And how long was your uh, process in creating Wordiful?
2: So, uh, right when I was hired at Access, that was mm, January of two thousand. 13, I want to say, Uh, my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's that March. I mean, she was already sick, but we got final diagnosis in March. And so I told my boss, I think I'm going to have to quit my job. And she said, no, we're here to support you. And uh, I felt, I don't know, I just felt this, I felt the old yearning for community that I felt when I was in radio. Because in radio, we used to, you know, every morning you met with your family. It was like our neighborhood was a family and you'd talk about the things you were going through and then the phone lines would light up and people would give you their feedback, their comments, their support. Uh, and I just missed that. And I realized how much I missed it when I, when something that big happens in your life. And so at the time, I just was talking to my significant other and I said, you know, I need an outlet where I can talk about real things. You know, I, I, as much as I was excited to be at my new job and talk about, you know, the latest celebrity <laughs> story, I wanted a place to talk about real feelings and real life experiences. And so uh, Wordiful was created, which was going to be an online video series of taking one word and talking about the power of it. Just something that gave me an outlet. And uh, at the same time, uh, I created a live event series and when 350 people showed up, I thought, okay, I'm not the only one yearning for connection. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people here that want 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 to feel connected. And so slowly, Wordiful started to find its footing. Um, I took a hiatus for about a year because my mother got really sick. And then once I started it back up again, I realized, man, I'm enjoying. Filming wordful episodes more than I am enjoying my job. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously, my mother was losing her language. And here I am talking about the power of words. Mm -hmm. And it just, like I said, I just remember standing on stage one day, I was talking about, no offense to Harry Styles, but I was talking about Harry Styles' new tattoo. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, (sighs) how am I spending my time? Like, I, I should be with my mother right now. And I could be growing this company, talking about things that are meaningful and having these events more often and feeling fulfilled, feeling like I'm contributing in some way to myself, to the people that support me and just overall spending more time with my mom. So it was kind of a no-brainer. And that's Where it all
1: began. I mean, it's it's such a unique, I mean, it's such a unique uh, story you have. And and, and
3: I I haven't seen anything like, like, wordiful ever. It's like Mm -hmm. completely unique. Thank yeah, I you. love all the I love all the videos, you know, the explanations of the words and just like the heartfelt nature to 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 the content that you're putting out there. I think it really does help people like you said connect and even remind everyone the power of words because I think, you know, today people forget. Everyone's moving so fast on social media reading and saying all these different things that everyone just forgets that that important tidbit. Yeah, well, thank you.
2: I mean, that at the end of the day, that's really humbling for me to know that People can see themselves in an episode that they feel connected. Um, that it hopefully reveals a little bit of um, vulnerability in all of
3: us. Yeah, and you started taking it in, in a few different ways too. Where I saw that during the pandemic, like you had a DJ come on and just explain the word DJ, disc dog, yeah. disc jockey. now yeah. that that was like a fun a fun feature to to you know just get a different a different type of vibe out there. Do you are you will you be doing more series like that?
2: So right before the pandemic hit, I was so bummed because we as you saw, we were starting to book a lot more guests. We had Catherine Schwarzenegger. We had um, NQ, who's a world-renowned poet. Um, we were just uh, grief expert David Kessler. We had Big Boy. So and cool. it was great because we were moving in that direction of where I wanted to be featured less in the episodes and have more people tell their stories because all of us have walked such a different uh, walk of life. And uh, unfortunately, that really... Slowed down the process, so I was like, "Oh man, I gotta, I've gotta like reveal more of like what you know." And it's fine. Uh, I love storytelling and sharing, and it's like I say, it's it's extremely therapeutic for me. Uh, but I also don't want to be a mic hog and, <laughs> and a mm-hmm. camera hog. I want to share this journey with other people because yeah. that to me is the beauty of it is seeing the collective of all the different voices and all the different experiences, uh, and how words have impacted different people. So that's the end goal for Wordful is to continue to grow and to continue to like one day I hope to only be like on an episode, maybe once a month and where it's just yeah. all different people. Yeah.
3: So cool. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and are, so have you been planning, have you been thinking about who knows how long the pandemic is going to be in this way? Are you thinking of other ways to make it happen and by shooting in a different way where you don't have to be there or just as it requires a smaller team?
2: Well, luckily we take a lot of, we, we take all the um, COVID precautions. Uh, so- you know, I've been, I've tried, I'm trying now to invite few people that like we all know and trust each other, know that they're taking mm-hmm. the precautions. So I think slowly we'll start to integrate guests again. And, you know, now that there's a vaccine available and things are starting yeah. to shift a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but first and foremost, it's always safety first. I never want to, yes. you know, uh, be responsible for anyone. I, I wouldn't want anyone to get sick and that I would just hate for that to happen on my watch. So I just try to be really mindful of, of right now extending those invitations but they will come again and hopefully soon you know it's like with anything so um in the meantime just keeping myself busy with other projects as well yeah so. that's beautiful
1: mm-hmm. we can't wait to see you, wordful grow more and more throughout the years yes yeah thank just you. more content just more i mean all the all the content you're shooting also is very beautiful so it's awesome thank
3: you thank you i yeah. appreciate it I mean, um, every word every word in the dictionary will be in
1: there
2: right <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know it's and it's so interesting because it's like sometimes you're like wait did i do that word already because a lot of you know there's only a spectrum of emotions and we go yeah. through those spectrums it's like you know there's anger there's sadness there's happiness there's mm-hmm. joy there's inspiration and and it's it's reminding yourself like oh let me get creative and think outside the box of what might be a really cool word but Sometimes it's difficult to write if it's not happening to you. Like, that's where I find the biggest inspiration is usually it's something I'm in
1: the midst of. Well, that's so awesome. Um, so tell us, like, what's your word of the year? Of
2: 2020 or 2021? For this new
1: year. <laughs> 20, 2021. 2021, the new year, yeah. Good, yes. Yeah, so let's look forward. Um, and, what's, and, and, and tell us what's brewing in your heart for 2021. Yes.
2: I think for 2021, let me really feel it. I mean, the first word that pops into my head is gratitude. You yes. know, I'm just always so grateful for the opportunities that continue to come my way, for the community, for my family, my friends the support, just to wake up with food and shelter. My little dog, Abundiga, like all mm-hmm. like I just to me, that's just the word that I always keep like in my third eye. You know, it's just very mm-hmm. centered on it. Um what was the second part of your question
3: and then you asked me what's brewing in your heart for 2021?
1: Yeah. What's it's brewing what's in What's pulling my at your heart. heartstrings right now? What's, <laughs> what's what's
3: what's 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 being uncovered?
2: Uh, I you know, it's so interesting at the end of 2020 going into 2021, I got hit with so much inspiration. And that's such a rare not a rare, I mean, for a lot of people it's a rarity, but man, mm-hmm. when that when life whispers in your ear, and you take motion to really create the things that, you know, everyone has great ideas, but to actually see them manifest um, is something different. We have to take action. And I have felt inspiration and motivation So for me, that's like such a beautiful, magical combination. So I've already completed two projects before the month of January is already out. And that to me is excited. So maybe the word that's brewing is like inspiration, but also um, I love love. So love is always brewing in my heart. But I would definitely say those two.
1: Yes. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. Once you get that creative energy flow, you just kind of have to run with it and like just keep it going. Cause, yeah, I mean, the, this whole last year, I feel like Oliver was we're so drained, right, energetically and and lack of inspiration. So, yeah, I love how you said that because I felt that at the beginning of the year too. And it just the motivation is just like it's brewing, it's firing us up. You know, the energy's ready for us
3: to change the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to the the new year is always a good reset. It's just such a nice you know, all of us have been waiting for 2020 to be over. And I know that 2021 is, you know, there's still a lot going on and things are going to be happening, but just the reset of the year that it's 2021 and that it's your mind can just think about something different and hopefully be inspired by something new that's occurring in the, in the world. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. For sure. Well, thank you, Liz. Is there anything, any, any tips that you want to leave with our listeners, like any health tips or wellness tips or anything that you, that that's been helping you recently throughout the the weeks?
2: Uh, the one thing that I'm trying to do right now that I took a page from Dr. Joe Dispenza Mm -hmm. is to get out of autopilot, is to start doing things differently, even if those things feel uncomfortable, because I know if I feel uncomfortable that I'm doing it right, Mm -hmm. because the brain only likes what's, what's predictable. And so for me, that's what's kind of exciting. And What I've learned, what works is like, we can't just say like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to eat better and I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's it's in our brain. It, it sounds really good in theory. You have to have a plan. Yeah. So I literally sat down this morning and I wrote out what my not. I'm going to start. You know, we say start Monday, but I am going to start Monday. And I wrote out the step by step plan of what that looks like to accomplish my goal. So now I have the step by step, as opposed to kind of like waking up and wondering like, okay, what was I supposed to do, or how do I do it, or what makes that change. So. I encourage you, if you are looking to make a difference in your life and you are looking to create a new habit or change an old habit, uh, have a game plan.
1: Yeah. Mm. Get that plan of motion. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 That's great advice. Perfect thing to leave our listeners with. Just that last little tidbit of inspiration. You shared so many amazing things with us today. and We're so thankful. So much gems. Thank you. Um, so
2: thank gems. you both. Yes. I appreciate you both.
1: Inspiring the the youth and, you know, the new leaders of the new world. Let's hope so. Um, and you guys, be sure to subscribe to Word, the Wordiful newsletter and check out com. And Liz has so many cool things on her shop, like the affirmation decks. What are those coming back in stock? we want
2: some. Oh, my God. So, unfortunately, you're completely... <laughs> I, I mean, I, it trips me out to be like, we're sold out. What? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I'll be introducing, hopefully, I believe, early March, I've created children's affirmation cards. Amazing. Amazing. So, those are going to sell out. So you and, better
1: order double of those wherever you're ordering
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm
2: really, really excited because I feel like more than... I have so many friends with children that are being homeschooled right now. And, again, you know, this is really honoring my mother and father, they raised me to have these beautiful ways of thinking that encouraged me to, you know, be my own boss. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if I can give, I just tapped into my inner child and I'm like, what is it that Mm -hmm. I heard or needed to hear uh, that gave me confidence, that made me feel strong, Mm -hmm. that made me feel loved, that made me feel safe. And I mean, the cards literally wrote themselves. And so so I'm so excited to get them out into the world.
1: Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, and... Can't wait to see those. We're buying those. And you could stalk her at Liz Hernandez on Instagram. She has really hot pictures on there and amazing content. So make sure you guys stalk her. Thank you guys for listening to the Conscious Kitchen podcast. We love you. Thank you, fam. We love you, love you, love you. See you See you on the see next episode. Hey, hey, hey. Before you go, we have a hot tip. A hot tip. Yep, that means a hot tip. A hot tip for one of our awesome listeners for you to get an amazing advice at the end of every episode. I hope you guys enjoy this and thanks Whitney for your hot tip. Greetings, Conscious Kitchen
0: listeners, this is Zandi from Radiate Love Reiki and Alyssa Marie Wellness. I'm a Reiki master teacher based here in Los Angeles, California. A big message I am receiving from my spirit guides as we navigate into 2021 is self-care. We just came out of a really massive year with tremendous amount of growth in all different levels. A lot of transformation, shifting, clearing, and healing went on in 2020. And with that said, 2021 is not going to be any quieter. It's going to require us to be more loving, to be more compassionate, and to give ourselves more. 2021 is going to be a year of embodiment and continuing to show up for yourself. And the only way to do that is by self-care. A good self-care tip that I have been practicing lately is making time to disconnect. Carve some time out of your day to disengage from social media, the news, and your phone. This would be a great time to go on a nature walk, read a book, journal, meditate, or just put your awareness on your own energy. Something as simple as breathing consciously and bringing your awareness inward can help reduce anxiety and stress tremendously. So I encourage you to disconnect so that you may reconnect with yourself. Show up for yourself by taking care of yourself so that you can take care of others. And that is my hot tip. If you're looking to connect, you can find me on Instagram. My IG handle is at Zanz. That is at X-A-N-Z. I love you guys. Bring me all so much love and sending you all big virtual hugs.